Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome. Welcome, motherfucking welcome, back to yet another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential, experiential, experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. And oh, today is that, uh, that's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. That happened. So, um, this is a very, very late episode as, uh, I always have an episode for you every Thursday. I think maybe two or three times over the course of the last three years have I not delivered on Thursday, um, except for when I first started. I think when I first started, the episodes were like on Tuesdays or something. I don't fucking know. But <clears throat> this week's episode is late because um, my engine died on a road trip. So, um, if you've actually paid attention to the titles, oddly enough, I find that when I have absolutely no information listed, it seems as if y'all are more interested in what the episode is about. And it seems like the numbers are higher when there's no description in terms of, uh, listens and views. I don't mind one way or the other. Just come on in, sit down, pop your feet up and enjoy the show. But, um, yeah, so I'd apologize for the episode being late, but I'm human and, um, I am not sorry for one, having a good time and then two, not having a good time when the good time ended. Um, so this episode is about, uh, our most recent road trip. And while 90% of it was, the best fucking time ever. We ended on quite the, uh, I won't say catastrophic note because honestly, everything could have been so much worse. I absolutely would have preferred what happened over an accident or something else that rendered my car, um, non-functioning, right? I'm glad it wasn't like towed or anything crazy. Excuse me. I'm glad that no one got hurt. It, um, happened in a great way. So let's get on with it. Right. Um, to begin the road trip was essentially to see my college roomie, Mary get married. Uh, she lives in Winston Salem and it just made more sense for us to drive out there. So I'm going to probably, um, not probably. I've already got all my notes here. I am going to break the, not the episode, but I'm going to break down the trip into three different parts. And, um, first part was the wedding. So we decided to drive down to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, because it made more sense than paying for the flights and then for a rental. Mind you, the flights were relatively inexpensive. We could have probably gotten the both of us out there round trip less than $400. However, we would have had to spend for the rental once we got out there because everything is ridiculously far out there. It's not like the, uh, uh I won't say establishment, not the, the venue for the wedding wasn't like a 20 minute ride or a 40 minute ride from the airport. So either way, 
we'd have to get the rental. And after spending, uh, now mind you, we had already known that rentals were going to be expensive. And while I was looking into what our plans for this trip, uh, the last week, well, the first week in November were going to be, I also knew that we were traveling the beginning of October. So while I was working all the details out in like August or September, I knew that we were going to have to get a rental in Dallas and I was looking at the prices for that. And so I'm just like, yo, I'm not paying for a rental in North Carolina when we could absolutely drive there. And that'll give me the opportunity to see, um, one of my best friends is out there. Um, I've got cousins, I've got a shit ton of friends and family in North Carolina. So it just made more sense for us to drive down there because we'd then be able to have the luxury of coming and going as we please without having to worry about paying an extra five, $600 for a rental. So it made sense. So drove down to North Carolina, no incident. It was actually, um, right after work on Friday, I work in Manhattan. Thankfully I was able to leave uh, about midday and we started immediately on our way to North Carolina, got there maybe 10 hours, I guess. I don't know. Uh, boyfriend did all the driving. Shout out to you. You were a real one. Love you. Uh, so he drove us down to North Carolina and we got in uh, that same evening relatively late. I don't remember what time we arrived, but we had the absolute cutest Airbnb. So we booked a stay in um, Winston-Salem. And no, we were in, I think we stayed in High Point. High Point was maybe 20 minutes from, 25 minutes from downtown Winston-Salem. And, um, you know, the downtown area of, uh, I guess places that aren't large cities like Manhattan and, uh, I guess LA, those are the two like big cities that I've visited where downtown actually looks like a very metropolitan area, hustle bustle city kind of always going, obviously not the case with, um, Winston-Salem, uh, but cute kind of gave me Hartford, uh, feels when, in terms of what that downtown area looked like. So we got to the Airbnb and as soon as we got there, we realized this is really cute. They had a nice little parking space for us right by, um, well near the entrance and we got in, dropped our bags. And while we're uh, admiring the space, because there is like a shared space that's technically not shared, they do not enter that part of the home while we're there, but we were in like an in-law suite. So we were attached to their primary home. So the bedroom space where we were was immediately um, attached. There was a doorway to their back porch area. And then I guess what I would assume to be their like living room space was a doorway that led to what I was explaining as the shared space. So the homeowner is a runner, avid runner. She's got medals and medals for days. Don't have even a rough estimate, maybe like over a hundred medals, probably hanging nicely on the wall. All of her numbers from a bunch of different runs that she's done treadmill which was you know noted not for our use just for her please don't touch cool and then she had a bunch of plaques and um whatever else she call them on the wall and then the bathroom is on the other end of that so come in like a little studio space where the large king size four post bed is 
there is a full kitchen with a sink, full stove, and a refrigerator. There's like a toaster oven and microwave in the corner, um, chair, eating, uh, table with two chairs, excuse me. And then a doorway that leads to the backyard, super cute. And then there's a doorway that leads to like the side of the house where the entrance is. So there are three doors in the little space. Really cute. We enjoyed it. We're looking at her plaques and see a big fucking roach. I don't know if it was a roach or a, um, water bug. I can never tell the difference. Either way, the shit was huge. It was moving kind of slow. I was, uh, grossed out, but you know, you get it as clean as you may want to be, especially if you're sharing your home with other people, you know, you don't know if someone has brought that from their home to stay with you or whether or not it is a response from the host. Either way, this is why when I travel pro tip, I always close my bags. I don't care if it's the cleanest place, the five star win hotel. I don't give a fuck. I always close my bags, zip them up. And, um, I don't leave my pocketbook on the floor. I always leave it on a, um, like a chair or a table. And this is why I always zip and close my bags because I don't want any fucking stowaways. I don't have vermin in my house. I don't have roaches. Thank God. I don't have water bugs. Thank God. However, I understand that plenty of people around the world, as clean as they may be, it becomes a problem. And I don't want those. So noticed it, couldn't do anything about it because it was on the side, it was crawling down the side of a plaque. So at least we noticed it immediately on entry. It was within the first two minutes of being there because once we dropped our bags and walked into the next room, we saw it there. So that being said, we ended up, there's a door between the doors. We would keep, keep that door closed and um, we put like towels at the bottom so that we kind of Felt as if we had a little bit of a barrier, but it ain't like bugs can't crawl under rags, you know, towels and stuff. So we did our best to keep ourselves protected. And I'm one of those people that will absolutely empty the fuck out of a bag, which I did. The one bag that I forgot to close because we were rushing to the wedding. I came back um, before we left. I ended up dumping everything out, shaking it all, making sure we didn't bring anything back. But it was really nice space. And it was... um, like super comfortable to be in the space considering the next day I didn't do shit. So we went down to the wedding. I actually, um, I, you know, cried a bit because I was just, I'm just so happy. I'm so happy for my roommate. I'm so happy for Mary and Justin and, um, beautiful wedding, nice, uh, intimate group of family and friends that were there. Uh, boyfriend and I discussed our future wedding plans and, Sames. I just don't need a lot of people there. I just need, uh, as well as him, we agreed small, intimate. First of all, I'm not paying for you to have a great time. Second of all, it, it just becomes a lot of shit to deal with. And I don't have the energy for that. I've never been that kind of patient. So it was nice to see that same, uh, I guess, value, those values, if you will, reflect it in the people that we care about me. It's my friend. So I enjoyed seeing that, uh, beautiful ceremony. Nice to meet, um, you know, Justin's friends. And we ended up going to, after the wedding, a bar that was a couple, we, the wedding was at the Kimpton and wedding receptions all in the um, same area, which I like, I don't want to have to travel and commute to no place else. Walk me around. It was right there. And then we ended up walking to a bar that was maybe four blocks away, 
not even a five minute walk. Um, shout out to the valet staff. I was first of all, not expecting valet to be free. And the young men that were doing the valet were super nice. And we came out of the wedding. I actually had a plate of leftovers and a centerpiece, which was a really cute candle. And, um, you know, the young man graciously walked it to wherever we had the car parked and put my plate in the candle in the car very gently for us. I appreciate that. His name started with a J. Um, but another pro tip, tip people um, at that moment, if you can, because it always sucks when we come back and that same staff isn't there when we end up getting like the car out. So, and it wasn't the first time that that happened. So it's one of those things that I can consistently say, if you know you want to take care of somebody, if you know you want to bless somebody, um, especially when it comes to not knowing if you're going to be in or out in the next hour, 15, 20 minutes kind of thing, like rotations, shifts change. And after the wedding, we ended up going to the bar and it was that time in between. So then like, it turned out to be like four hours later, didn't realize we were there that long. Um, so little note, if your heart blesses you to want to bless somebody else, tip them while you got them. Uh, so went to the bar, had a good time. Um, ended up having a really great conversation with another random guest of the wedding. I'd actually complimented her on her dress inside. And so then she came to the bar after, and then we sparked up this really great conversation. And it was actually a really nice conversation. We ended up talking about, she's a white woman, a uh, white husband. We ended up having, I don't know what my neighbor is doing. If you can hear all the bottles outside, I live in Queens and people live around me. I can't control it. Um, so we ended up having a conversation about, uh, blackness somehow. And, um, but it was towards the end of the night and we ended up not staying too much afterwards, but it was a really nice conversation. And white folks, if you're listening, excuse me, you can ask about being black. You can ask about the black experience. It's all about how you ask. If you ask respectfully, if you ask within context, um, don't just ask a random fucking stranger on the street. Um, depending on the vibes and if you get that sense that maybe you can speak to that person. I mean, everything within context, right? If it's a random stranger and for some reason you share a moment and it becomes somewhat reasonable to broach the topic at the time, do it delicately because again, you don't know what may be triggering to um, the person that you're having this conversation with. But somehow we got on the topic and it wasn't weird and I assured her, absolutely ask me what it is you want to ask. Cause we'd already established a little bit of a rapport. So, um, great conversation. Don't remember the name of the bar. Uh, there was nothing really special about it one way or the other in my experience, but it was the people that we were there with. We had a good time. Um, so ended up love you. Great to see Mary again. Um, it was also nice to finally meet her best friend, Anna. I'd heard about her like since I've known Mary. So it was really nice to meet her friend, and uh, put a face and experience to the name that I'd known. Um, so shout out to Anna. And then we went back to the hotel. And not the hotel, because we stayed at the Airbnb. Next day, spent it, hung the fuck over and pantsless all day. Um, thankfully, another pro tip, activated charcoal capsules have saved me personally from the worst of hangovers. Your best bet is to, depending on what... Uh, strength, I guess you buy them. You take one or two, the ones that we have take two pills, cup of water, 
uh, or a bottle of water. And it's always best when you take it like before you go to bed, but drunk. So I ended up falling asleep as soon as we got back. And uh, so I ended up waking up early the next morning and taking them and then going back to sleep. So at least three hours later, the hangover wasn't as bad. Activated charcoal basically absorbs a lot of shit, toxins that aren't supposed to be there. And it makes the gradually getting through a hangover so much easier. Um, If I know I was really fucking up, I end up, well, I'll also take like two Tylenol to kill whatever headache I'll have the next day. So activated charcoal capsules, always bring them with me as well as I always have like a leave Tylenol and shit like that in my bag, just in case like my back hurts, cramps kick in or whatever. So great hangover remedy. Also add to your travel, uh, toiletries kit, activated charcoal caps. So those came through clutch. We spent, mind you, the wedding was the 30th. So Halloween was the next day. I really was in uh, a perfect world going to uh, see my cousin that day. Didn't end up happening. Um, because again, hungover, no pants all day. And we ended up watching, um, scary movies. I think we watched REC, which is kind of like out, it's basically outbreak, but the original and is, I want to say either Portuguese or Spanish movie. I think it's Spanish. I'm pretty sure it's a Spanish movie and, um, good movie. We're getting around to watching the second cause they're like three in the whole saga world of it whatever good movie i don't do zombies it's not my fucking thing but i'm very proud of me for sucking it up and going for the gusto and watching a scary movie on halloween so that was fun and then we ended up leaving the next day um did i hit everything uh hungover winston salem four or five. Oh, okay and so then yep right on right on point the next um leg of the trip was from winston-salem to nashville now we were going to nashville because my best friend in the world del hey boo love you girl lives in hopkinsville kentucky and nashville is about an hour and a half two hours from hopkinsville so we were going to stay in nashville and we had it arranged excuse me, for boyfriend and I to surprise her. Uh, Her birthday is this week coming up. And so it was perfect that her daughter, 11-year-old, former guest, Lucy, my child, uh, actually, I think she was the only, nope, Jayla, um, homeschool with um, Jade. Her mom does homeschooling, uh, teacher Jade. So Jayla, I want to say, was the first child as a guest. And then my unofficial God's daughter, Lucy, my niece, um, was my second guest. So she called over the summer and asked if I could help her surprise her mom for her birthday. And so thank God the stars aligned because I was able to. So that was put together by the 11-year-old. And she had myself and her babysitter coordinate, um, you know, what lie we were going to tell her mama so that her mom wouldn't go to work. And that worked out nicely. Missy, appreciate you as well. Thank you for making the surprise come through. And so on the drive from, where were we? High Point, Winston-Salem, to Nashville, I think I counted about five Confederate flags. 
Um, mind you, that was quite a stretch of drive. So Winston-Salem to Nashville is another about maybe six and a half, um, between like six and nine hours. I really don't remember, but I feel like it was about six and a half again. Boyfriend did the driving again. Love you. Uh, so long ass drive. I counted the Confederate flags was, and I'm, when I say Confederate flags, I'm not just talking about on the back of F-150s. I'm talking, uh, hundred foot flag poles, flags as large as, you know, my apartment flags. Like these are the huge flags, not even like the size of the flag, maybe hanging at your typical middle school, high school, you know, grounds. I'm talking bigger than a car size flag so that when you're driving up the highway, the flag is easily, um, you know, a 50 foot flag, uh, big, like bigly big, huge flags. So counted about five. And I was very surprised where I saw one that didn't look like what I thought Confederate flags looked like because it was a white flag with the Confederate flag in the upper left-hand corner and then a long right um, red band along the end of the flag. So here's the square. I don't know which way is going to be left and right. So I'm trying to see, let me look at myself on the screen. So if this is the square in front of me, imagine you're looking at it with me. So you're sitting next to me or behind me, right? If you're watching on the YouTubes. Um, we're looking at a flag. There's a square here in front of us. Well, technically a rectangle. The upper left here, the Confederate flag. Red background, blue X with the stars on a white flag. And then on the far right corner, there is like a wide red strip that is going from the top of the bottom of the flag. And I was tickled, not tickled, I'd never seen the fuck before. I'd never seen the shit before. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm so I'm like, well, variations of Confederate flags. Fucking Googled it. Turns out the Confederate flag that we all know and hate, the um, red flag with the blue X and the stars going down, isn't even a fucking Confederate flag. It was actually the battle flag of, I want to say it's uh, Robert E. Lee or Ulysses Grant, one of them niggas. Uh, it was a battle flag. The Confederacy rejected it as a very niche flag that they would not uh, approve as their overall flag. So there are technically three variations of the Confederate flag. Um, one of which I only remember really the last two and the one prior to the one that I described with the red band was that same flag that I described, a white flag, Confederate flag as we know it in the upper left corner with no red band on the side. Uh, so note the white absolutely represents their idea of, you know, white superiority. And they felt that it was very, um, it didn't work in terms of being, uh, it looked very white flaggy because there wasn't enough on there. And that's when they added the red band on the side. And that was technically the last, that's actually the Confederate flag. That is the last flag that they settled on. And it lasted from me. I don't know, maybe 1865 to 1868 or some shit like that. I don't numbers aren't my thing, but 
the flag designs basically last, it, they it seem to have changed every like two or three years. And they were the three flags that were actually rec recognized by the Confederacy as Confederate flags. That came from a very simple Google search. I didn't do deep dive into uh, peer reviewed empirical uh, sources, but I read a couple different websites and they all basically said the same thing that there are about three actual Confederate flags and the ones that the one that we actually see the red one with the blue stripe and the stars isn't technically even a fucking Confederate flag. It's just what's used. And it absolutely started being used in terms of support for segregation laws during civil rights era. So it's not even the flag of the Confederacy. It's just some shit that white folks decided to adopt to just hate, to just spew hate. That being said, saw a fucking lot of them on the drive. Um, it is, the, I, I, in this bigly year of 2021, after being in um, Trump's America, if you will, with a resurgence of people being very okay with outward racism, I feel like we kind of went, outward racism has never gone anywhere. It's always been a thing. But there was a time when it was just a little bit more taboo. After being in Trump's America, it's absolutely, in my personal experience of blackness, um, in terms of the media that I consume and in terms of the, you know, pieces of news information that I consume, it is very much so more prevalent and more aware in the pieces of information that I'm coming across. That being said, I was already on fucking hyper alert going down to the South. I'm very aware of sundown towns. I'm also very aware that I don't fucking know where they are. Um, pulling into gas stations late at night, always unsettling, always unnerving. It is more reassuring to pull into a gas station, go in to use the bathroom, maybe look for some coffee or some snacks and see someone of color, a black woman or a black man behind the register. Um, personally brings me peace. Happened at one of the first stops that we made on the drive down there. I was very pleased to see a black woman and another young uh, black man that were... Um, you know, working down there. And that was on the drive down and, you know, definitely wished her a safe night. Cause the next day was going to be, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Halloween was coming up that weekend. So of course on my mind, my spirit be safe auntie. Um, all that being said, it is very unnerving. Also note boyfriend's very racially ambiguous. He's mixed and, um, he's got a black mama, but he don't look black. And, it's, we're going to have different experiences of the world, but he absolutely a black Puerto Rican mom. So I don't even in fairness know if she identifies as black or if she identifies as Puerto Rican, none of my business. It ain't my identity. But that being said, he is very bright skin. So if people just see us from a far distance, sometimes they can tell that he's not a white man. And then sometimes they may not fucking know, but I know that, um, he's spicy. I'm just black and more than okay with me, but I know that some people have issue with that. Uh, some people, uh, feel more comfortable with him being lighter at times as well. I don't, I can't read minds. I just read interactions and, uh, sometimes you can sense and feel. And then also if he's at the car pumping gas and I go in by myself, nobody knows 
we're together kind of thing. You know what I mean? But, um, that being said, we experience the world in some similar ways and then also very different ways sometimes. So for me, as a very outwardly presenting black woman, I know my experience and I know that it is always a point of stress for me when I go into neighborhoods where I don't know if I am safe or I don't know that I am welcomed. Um, so that drive was quite stressful for me. Um, especially on the drive back, seeing so many, uh, Confederate flags. There was also a truck that passed by that had, I want to say the word infidel and had like a cutout, not a cutout, but like a decal of a, uh, an assault rifle and a black and white American flag. So I did a little more Googling. Apparently infidel means one without faith and the black and white American flag is, it's one of those things with symbolism, right? While as something could mean one thing, if a large enough group of people use it to mean something else, then what is the actual meaning, right? Like the American flag in general, it's supposed to represent this country, but I know that I don't like seeing American flags waved because that also gives me very Trumpy America. It's giving me very, you know, white homogeny, uh, that's where you pronounce it homogeny pretty sure that's it but it, it's very much so giving me uh white lives matter blue lives matter um you know make america great again right so i don't want to see an american flag i don't want to see a confederate flag i don't want to see a black and white flag american flag and so i did a little googles and while there's no kind of like direct consensus as to what it means on the internet. It, one reasoning that, uh, I mean, one explanation that I came across was that it stands for no quarter will be given. Like a black flag means no quarter will be given. And by no quarter will be given, it means that we don't, um, we kill our, uh, what do you call that? Like prisoners of war. Like, we're not keeping you safe here. We're not preserving you. It's just fuck all y'all. So it's like some war shit. You know what I mean? And like a lot of these white folks that hold um, insurrection, eh, y'all, we all understand the the nuanced tones of different groups in the country at this point. Uh, I don't know where you all are located, my beautiful listeners across the world. But as a black American, there are so many different subsects and energies and tones and layers and pieces to this, uh, American culture as we know it. And as a black woman in America, as an American citizen here, I know my experience and my experience is one of, uh, I guess you can say uneasiness, especially when I'm not in places that I am familiar with around the country. So between all of the pickup trucks and the black and white American flags on people's cars and that infidel shit, uh, shit and the regular ass American flags, the Confederate flags, your girl was shook. I, I just was a little uneasy in a lot of the areas that we were driving through. And it did not help that, um, we ended up getting pulled over on the drive from, I want to say, 
We were on our way to Nashville at the time. Mind you, we're on the highway. So he ended up coming to my window. I was in the passenger seat and he was so kind, very gentle, white guy. Um, and was very just, you know, so, you know, where are y'all speeding to that you blew right past me? Mind you, we were going with the flow of traffic. Boyfriend does drive much faster than I do. Um, however, he wasn't at this time, especially going any faster than the people that were around us. So it was a little, how did you even single us out, out of everybody else? Generally, I know he could be going 60 miles an hour and I think he's going 102. It, I'm just hyper aware of things and I'm just always petrified. However, boyfriend's a very good driver. And when we got pulled over in particular, it was of particular suspicion to me because I, who notice and absolutely bring up to him if I feel like he's going too fast, don't think we were doing what uh, would be considered as fast, but Nonetheless, he was very kind. He was very gentle. He wasn't um, off-putting or anything. And so my immediate response was, I have to use the bathroom. I absolutely do have to pee. But it was one of those, um, I tend to surprise, as, as anxious as a person as I am, I, when put into many a stressful situation, I feel like out of five times, I respond fucking phenomenally four and a half times. <laughs> and in this instance was, I believe, one of my better ones. And so I absolutely did the, I have to use the bathroom on some, it's absolutely my fault. I stepped, I played the game and he responded very well to it. And he just said, you know, well, you guys be careful. You want to get there safely. I'm not going to hold you up. He said to me directly, I'm gonna let y'all go, but you know, just be careful, be safe, take your time. And what weirded me out was thankfully there, we actually were on an exit where there were like gas stations and all that shit. And we had just said, we should probably stop for gas and to use the bathroom anyway. So we were going to, but we were going to wait till the next exit. But at this point, it's just like, well, it looks wild if we just said that we were speeding to get to the bathroom and then totally ignore an exit, right? So we got off and it felt like the guy was just following us. So at this point we had turned off to go find where like the, the bathroom was. And so we're moving in my head now too slow. So, cause now I'm hyper aware, right? Now I'm all the way up. I'm at a 12. And so now I'm like, you have, well, like you should go faster. Like you're going too slow. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm, trying to read the signs. And so now I'm like, not panicking, but I'm like 12. And the, and he pulled us over like in a pickup at that. It wasn't even like um, a cop car or nothing. Uh, it was a random pickup that, you know, he had his little lights and shit on. I didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice. Um, but the, the lights and I saw, you know, boyfriend was just like, are you shitting me? Like, are you serious? And then I looked up in the rear view and saw like the lights flashing. That being said, he followed us off the exit. I don't remember how far into finding the, uh, you know, spot to pull over the gas station and all that shit, but followed us a bit. Uh, so I don't know what that was about, what that was for to confirm that we really did, you know, go someplace where there was a bathroom or whatever, but we stopped, we got gas, and then we drove over to like a Kroger 
and I went to the bathroom. But like from then on, now I am on 12 and like terrified, not terrified, but I'm just very anxious for the rest of the trip. Thankfully, it was one of the uh, shorter legs and we were maybe two hours or so from our next destination, which was Nashville. And so it was at the same time that I'm trying to like not tell my best friend where we're going so that she doesn't figure out where exactly we are and kind of put something together like, oh, you guys aren't far from me. Can you stop by? Or you know what I mean? Like I'll meet you someplace. So it was just like, if she were to ask, I would have just lied and told her we were going someplace else. But excuse me, it was just, I was fucking stressed y'all, fucking stressed. So let's see. Um, I don't know how black folk live in the South and see Confederate flags in their like everyday interactions. Can you, I can't imagine having to drive that same highway or drive a similar highway with such a huge representation of how unwelcome and unsafe it is for me in my own fucking hometown or like home city, home state. Um, I, 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 my heart really goes out to people that live in areas that still allow that to, you know, happen freely. You know, it's one thing for it to be personal property, someone's car, um, someone's lawn where they have the signs, you know, Trump 2020 or Trump, you know, whatever, or, um, mayors and governor races of candidates that we know are clearly racist and, you know, against protecting, uh, black liberty and safety, if you will, in terms of legislature and policy and politics or whatever. But it's another thing when, if you, you know, are, in an area that has farmland where someone's got a fuck ton of space to uh, erect a 100 foot flag with a 50 foot flag of the con- what they deem to be the Confederacy up uh, because even though it's right against a highway or like a very municipal road or whatever, this is their proper pri- private private property and they can indeed, um, you know construct or there's a word and I can't uh think of it right now it's driving me cra- uh, crazy but like they can put that there is my point that being said I I don't know how y'all do it. it it it's very unsettling to me personally but you know especially for people that are transplants right it's one thing if you grew up in you know the south or in an area where you know, Confederate soldiers uh, or, you know, very blatantly racist uh, historical figures are being memorialized and commemorated in the names of the schools that you go to, the roads and the streets that you live on and drive on, right? But isn't it's another thing as a New Yorker where we come from a much more liberal and um, generally more um, hodgepodge and collaboration of different races, ethnicities, cultures, and people, right? And then move someplace like down South where it's like norm or it's commonplace for these things to be. So I, I don't know y'all. Cause even if you find a very, um, blue city, just getting in and out of said city, being around surrounding neighborhoods and in spaces outside of what you've found and deemed to be safe and accepting for you and your family, still lies so many pockets, you know, I know that, um, 
Bestie is a fucking social worker that has to do home visits. But it's one of those things where as a black woman, she has to make sure that she tells her supervisors, hey girl, you can't send me just anywhere. I can't just walk up to people's property in, you know, communities where Trump flags and Confederate flags are just flying because they're not going to assume that I'm the fucking social worker. They're not going to care. You know what I mean? So, you know, in places where there are active KKK chapters that are very still, very much still, um, fully functioning and, uh, was not participated in, but you know, spaces where my safety is very much in question that are, you know, I don't want to say like walking distance, but very easily places that I have to, you know, be in, be careful where you send me kind of thing in terms of my cases, you know what I mean? And to have to voice that as a very valid concern in your livelihood, I, again, heart goes out to you. And the people that have to deal with things of that nature. And it was, you know, it's always been something that I knew was a thing, but being in it in the midst of, you know, just a couple of days, just driving through, it's just like, so while this is temporary for me, this is very much so a real life experience of so many people, uh, very consistently. And that's another thing that road tripping in this bigly beautiful country that we do live in is uh, a very sad reminder that it's still not as welcoming and comforting for all of the citizens of this big, beautiful land that we live on. Um, But that being said, let me see, let me touch on all of these. Airbnb, Roach, Hungover. Five flags, Confederate flags, don't know, black, both senior men, pull nowhere, going, pulling traffic, Carl Infidel, black and white American flag, unsilver. Yep. So that was pretty much all the points that I'd note uh, about stop one. So stop one was basically for um, the wedding and North Carolina. Great fucking time. Stop two was to see my best friend. Hey, Dale. Uh, we, like I said, we stayed the night in Nashville. We got to Nashville. It's actually called cute as a button because apparently the lady that, um, runs that Airbnb, it's another in-law suite It's attached to their home. And there was only one door that led to the home property, but again, had a parking spot. This one was maybe 10 minutes outside of what we were told is like outside of downtown Nashville. Um, we, Loved the little space, didn't spend much time, got in pretty late, dropped off our shit, um, and then we went to eat. So we went to this spot called Peg Leg Porker. I was very disappointed that the sides, we ended up getting a side of mac and cheese, green beans, potato salad, and coleslaw. Of all of them, the only one that I really enjoyed was the coleslaw. Mac and cheese wasn't like the absolute worst, but it also wasn't mine. I make really bomb mac and cheese. Um, it wasn't that great. The ribs actually, which, uh, I guess there are in the South, there are different styles of barbecue. Texas does one way. Kentucky does another way. Tennessee does another way. I am not privy to all the details. I just know we ended up with a dry rub and there was sauce on the, and I asked for sauce on the side. The ribs were good. The ribs were good. They're not my daddy's ribs. I swear my daddy got the best ribs, but 
They were good. I enjoyed them. However, my favorite part of the meal was the fucking whiskey. So there is a bottle of eight year aged whiskey. It's peg leg porker whiskey. I drank that shit straight without a complaint. Had a beer chaser, but I am absolutely looking forward to getting another bottle of that. That is one of, um, it's quietly becoming one of my favorite parts of this uh, couples traveling that I'm doing now with boyfriend is that we're finding whiskeys and just drinks in general that we can very much so love and appreciate. And I feel as if, you know, I'm uh, deepening my palate and um, enjoying new foods and new types of foods and new variations of shit. And I really, really enjoy this fis- this fucking whiskey. So it was Quiet Man in Puerto Rico and Peg Leg Porker in um, Tennessee. So that's now like my favorite whiskey. I can drink it straight comfortably. It's got a nice little burn, but it doesn't have like a gross aftertaste. It's not too strong. And it actually has like a smoky flavorful prof- uh, flavor profile. Really enjoy it. So if you find it, it's worth the bottle. We didn't try the 12 year um, aged, but we did drink the eight year. So I know the gentleman that was at the bar, the bartender, which I'm gonna mention in a second, the bartender did mention it sold in maybe like 14 different states or some shit like that. And New York is actually one of their uh, biggest markets. So I'm looking forward to trying to find that bottle. And if not, I'm gonna try to order that shit online. Like this shit is bomb. About the bartender. So another one of those things that I'm always hyper aware of, and I don't know if it's me as someone that experiences anxiety or if it's just an overall thing, like I can't speak for all black folks, but I know that when I walk into a space where I don't see any black faces, I'm immediately on alert because I don't know how safe I am in this space. I know how things can very easily and very quickly go left for people of color that patronize uh, spaces that they don't necessarily know they're not welcome in. Um, I'm not familiar with this area. I don't know what pockets of certain neighborhoods are safe to go in, not safe to go in. Um, And in terms of safety, it's not just about, is someone going to, you know, physically try to bust my ass, which try me. Um, It's more of a matter of if, I needed to confront someone about an issue and the police showed up somehow. Am I immediately getting arrested? Am I being profiled? Am I getting shit service? Am I being completely ignored while I'm in a space trying to spend money? Um, Is the food I'm getting, you know, prepared the same as everybody else's food? There are a million different things that come up to my mind to be of concern about when I walk into spaces like this, when I'm not familiar with the area. And, you know, it it is quite the burden to always be worried whether or not is a valid concern or not. It doesn't matter if I am safer there than I am in my own fucking bed. The concern is that I don't fucking know. So I'm immediately on alert when I go places that I'm not familiar with because I don't know how I'm being perceived. I don't know how I'm going to be treated. And I don't know if the way I am being treated is because of the way I look. I don't know if the way that I'm being treated is because I'm a black woman. I don't know a lot of fucking things, but I do know that it is immediately on my mind when I walk into spaces. And that's not something that I can just shake off um, until I'm, you know, proven otherwise. Um, 
you know, so we walk into this space, not a single black face. It's pretty packed. And it's just like, all right, well, we're fucking here. Let's order the food. Excuse me. The people behind this, uh, the only, the first black person I did see worked there, just one older gentleman. And then everybody behind the counter, uh, looked like people of color for the most part. Um, they looked maybe, um, Hispanic don't know from where, um, people of color all, um, along the white end of people of color and not like Afro Caribbean or Afro Latina or Afro Hispanic or however they would, uh, choose to identify. They present it more as white. Cause I'm looking at you and y'all all light as fuck. Um, not good or bad, not right or wrong, just information. So, um, you know, they, for the most part, the guy acted like somebody behind the counter that didn't want to be there. I get it, bro. I don't like being at work either, but he wasn't rude. Wasn't overly joyful either. Uh, gave us the food, gave the suggestion, not an issue. Um, sat down, ordered the drink. The bartender was very, um, also white guy, uh, very unwelcoming. Uh, you know, can I get you something? Sure. Got us the drinks. Very dry. Gave it to us. Not an issue. So again, in my mind, I'm like, so are we not welcome here? Um, then of course he greets a white couple and it's just like, hmm, it sounded a little bit more pep in his step there, but not going to, you know, what, what is there to make of it? So I greet someone like more happily than, you know what I mean? Like that's not something that's necessarily, you know, always cause for concern. Right. So I'm doing my D observations and I'm just like, huh, okay. And so then I hear him talk to somebody else that he knows and he's, you know, talking about football or whatever, blah, 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 boyfriend and I are eating, yada, yada, yada. And then we start talking about the whiskey. Cause we asked him, I asked him if there was like a house whiskey or something. And then he's just like, yeah, of course. So he brings something out and then, you know, he, perked up and then it was conversation and then we're talking about whiskeys and he's telling us where we can find it and it's just like oh so you're not a total fucking tool you're not a complete asshole it's just sometimes people don't I'm more of a greet and lead with kindness (laughs) and not everybody's like that which is fine it's just that as someone that is a black woman in a very predominantly white space, I am hyper aware of these things and what a blessing it must be to not have to have those things on your fucking mind, to be able to just go someplace and be, and just say, huh, this guy's being an asshole because he's just an asshole. This guy's being an asshole because he doesn't want to be at work. It has absolutely nothing with me and how I present as a fucking human being. What a joy it must be to just think that everything has to do with someone else as opposed to it being something about you. Uh, Not a life situation I am necessarily uh, aware of, unless I'm in black spaces. And in black spaces, it's just like, oh, okay, so you just, you ju- you're just an asshole. It's just like the, the race card is not in play. Um, not to say that some black folk just don't like people for being black because all kin folk ain't skin folk. This is another thing that we know to be true. However, in these spaces and places, it's just a a, a bit of a different experience. And, uh, for my non-black listeners, welcome to my existence. And I'm certain the existence of many other black and brown travelers of color. Um, 
So that being said, it ended up ending on a relatively nice note. Uh, found a nice bottle of whiskey that we both enjoy. Peg Lake Porker, 10 out of 10, highly recommend. Um, let's see, this is step two. Um, food was good, but not great. Uh, rest I could have done without. Stress and weight, bartender is one of the things, wonder if you, yep, establishment. Um, oh, so note about Airbnbs. I hate Airbnbs with mad fucking rules. If I'm paying you a cleaning fee, no, I'm not taking out the trash bags, tying them and leaving them by the door. That's what the fuck I paid for you to do, right? I, I paid for you to clean everything else. The a lot Most of the fees equal what it is you're paying for a night at the place. Open these windows, send me a text, you know, uh, to make sure the lights are out. Yeah, I'm going to make sure the lights are out. But if I'm in a fucking rush and if I'm leaving 530 in the morning so that I can catch an eight o'clock flight, forgive me if, you know, opening your windows and securing all the latches and things like I generally leave things the way I find them. You know, I always like, uh, not make the bed, but I pull the bed. I think it's just a respect thing. I don't know. It's just something about me. Like I always tidy the bed, if you will. I'll leave all the towels in one spot. You know, I'll generally leave them in the bathroom, but sometimes you're in a fucking rush. I want to make sure I bring all of my shit. I turn out lights just because it's just a thing that I'm used to doing, but, um, I hate Airbnbs with mad fucking rules. It's wildly um, annoying and I tend to, I just don't book them. When you start listing out all the details about what needs to be done, what shouldn't be done, and I'm not, I'll stay someplace else. But um, in this case, we were really in Nashville for like a quick stay. So I think I booked it two days before we got there or whatever. Um, But all that being said, it was a really cute little space, but she struck me as someone with so many like, but you know, it I remembered to open the things and I text her we're out or whatever. Um, but if they're not necessary, don't add them. Don't add them. It's fucking annoying. Uh, so did that. The stay was nice. And we ended up surprising best friend. That was beautiful. We got there late and thankfully though we were, um, Missy, the babysitter, was able to kind of drag it out. And I heard her squeal from inside because she was because I walked up to the front and I didn't know not to walk up to the front, but to walk to the back. But like when she was telling me that, like I'm stepping down from the stairs and of course, like the blinds and stuff were open. I didn't know they were sitting in the front. And so I heard her from inside. That Dana. And then like I heard her scream and like run out the back door and run to me. So that was like the best moment of the weekend well, the week and really good to see her. We went to breakfast, we hung out. I ended up getting my mug from Denny's cause Denny's has like these really cute mugs. And I asked the waitress, y'all sell these? She was just like, I don't know. Nobody wants to buy a mug from Denny's. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So I ended up getting my mug. Um, and that's in the car, which I'll get to. Um, so got my mug, that was fun. And I ended up seeing best friend. We went to breakfast, had a good time, dropped everything. And we just went back, hung out with Missy for a while. And then we went back to Dell's house and we stayed with my best friend. We ended up booking, not booking, but we ended up staying an extra day in Hopkinsville. Um, Hung out with the daughter as well. Picked her up from um, school, 
ordered Chinese, played charades and shit, had a really fun night. It was a really good time. And then we stayed an extra day uh, because I was able to call the uh, the accommodations in Cincinnati. We booked a stay that was similar to the Sonder property in Philly, where it's like an apartment building, if you will. But so there's no front door and you can't really tell. I guess it's like a mixed use where you have a bunch of Airbnbs, but then you also have people that either live there um, in terms of this is their unit. They own it or they rent it uh, full time or people that have like long term stays. Don't really know. This one was called front desk. Um, And so before uh, we got there the morning we were supposed to leave, um, I called and I was able to just book another night the same spot. Um, and it was like an extra $75, which was a lot less than what we were going to pay for because we were supposed to end in Pittsburgh. It was basically the drive back was supposed to be a breakup of the road trip from Hopkinsville back to New York. So the initial plan was to spend Tuesday in Hopkinsville, best friend, check out, well, check out, leave on Wednesday, get to Cincinnati on Wednesday night. Between Hopkinsville and Cincinnati is Louisville, which is exactly midway. We figured, ah, right, we'll feel it out. If we want to stop, we'll stop at like a Culver's or whatever, which is boyfriend's favorite bur- uh, burger chain. Um, the burger was very good. I enjoyed it. My body did not. It came right out afterwards, but it was good. We actually did stop at Culver's, but we went to one in um, Clarksville, which is near Hopkinsville. And we didn't end up stopping in uh, Louisville because getting there later. We end the plan was from Wednesday leaving to stay in Cincinnati, and then on Thursday we were going to check out and stop in Pittsburgh so that we could spend a little time in Pittsburgh. And then Friday morning we were going to leave Pittsburgh and just drive home from there so we could be home Friday night. Well, we stayed an extra day in Hopkinsville. So instead of leaving on Wednesday, we left on Thursday. On Thursday, on the drive to Cincinnati, I ended up, I did uh, the the first half of the drive and I missed an exit. So, all right, not a big deal. While we're off trying to do the loop around, we stopped to get gas and to use the bathroom. Now, at this point, when we're driving, there were no issues with the car. It was making a little bit of noise when we would turn left, but not anything to be of note figured. uh, Maybe at some point, power steering fluid might need to be added or my car doesn't generally go this fast for that amount of time because I'm a New Yorker. It's everything is in traffic. Everything is traffic. So there is no, you know speeding there is no going fast for extended period of time and there also is not really any you know consistent driving without stopping at some point so i'm thinking that oh the car is just getting acclimated or it's just responding to you know consistent driving but again no issues with the car so we pull over boyfriend pumps the gas i go to the bathroom as soon as we loop back to get onto the highway we start hearing a clicking It's like a clicking or a clacking, a jangling. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, but it's like a knocking. We're hearing noise now and it's starting to get a little offsetting, but the car's performing fine. None of the fucking lights are on the dash. 
So we're driving and we're driving and we're here and like, it just, it just keeps getting louder and it's getting more pronounced. But because we're on the highway, when you roll down the windows, all you hear is air. We can't tell any difference. So it's just like, all right, well, we're on the way to Cincinnati. And at this point, we're about um, maybe an hour or so out. So it's just like, all right, well, hopefully we just make it to Cincinnati and we'll figure it out. So I'm Googling what the sounds could mean and it could be bad gas. It could be a, a whole host of different things. I don't fucking know. So what I do is I end up finding a mechanic that is near where we're staying in Cincinnati. So when we finally get to um, like local streets, roll down the windows and be like, oh, this shit is loud as fuck. Like the car is making a very loud knocking slash clicking, puttering. There's a million different ways to uh, classify it. I said knocking, my dad said something else. He's just like, it's not a knock, it's a click. And I'm just like, nigga, whatever. It's making noise. So I didn't even mention anything to my dad at the time. Mind you, my godfather owns a shop. I don't know much of shit about cars except for what my dad has forced me to sit through watching him do. I know where all the fluids for the most part go. I know how to check my oil. And mind you, I checked the oil before we left North Carolina. I checked the oil. We were low. So we added more oil. We made it from North Carolina all the way through Hopkinsville, Nashville, and all that jazz without any incident. It didn't, we didn't have any, uh, issues, sounds, or concerns until, um, what do you call it? Um, Cincinnati. Yeah. So we, um, really pulled into Cincinnati. So at that point I ended up, um, we parked the car and did our check-in and on, while we were driving to Cincinnati, I ended up scheduling a, um, Goodyear visit the next morning for them to do like a 29 point check, check the car, figure out what the noise is and make sure that we'd be able to drive back to New York safely. Cause at this point, again, the car is not responding any differently. There are no lights on the dash. It's just making a lot of fucking noise. And I have an older car. I have like a 2011 Sonata. So it ain't like it's a brand new fucking car, right? Park we pulled into, uh, we park temporarily figure everything out with the, uh, bruh, mind I note. This was the least expensive, except for staying free at my bestie's house. This was the least expensive accommodation, fucking flyest one. It was a huge loft with like, mind you, it's all open space, but the bedroom area was like behind, it was, there was a huge archway separating the bed and the, um, the bedroom space from the rest of the living space. Beautiful beautiful. Like there was a legit hallway between the front door, the living room, and then the archway between the bedroom and the living room space, full kitchen, full bathroom. Gorgeous. You hear me? Gorgeous. Cincinnati was beautiful. And we were right in the middle of downtown. We could easily walk to a bunch of different bars and restaurants. And that's exactly what we did. So we pulled in, parked, changed up and cause I was in sweats comfy as fuck also looked cute. But we knew that one of the little spots we were going to was like a speakeasy. And it was just like, ah, we don't know what the situation is in terms with, you know, niggas at the door. I don't want any issues. So put on a pair of jeans, still had on sneakers and a hoodie and a, a flight jacket, but sweats versus jeans. And then just killing with the face. Right. So anyway, we went, had a good fucking time let's see. Um, it was also the least expensive. I think I spent the, I spent, and another reason why it was very easy and I hadn't booked anything in Pittsburgh. We were just going to figure that out 
when we got there. Um, but in Cincinnati, it only cost me an extra $75 to book that extra night. So, and it was actually 65, the property we stayed at was only $65 a night. I think after the, um, fees and everything, it was a little over a hundred dollars, but then it was only $75 for us to book the, um, the additional night, which the first night we didn't even use because we stayed in Hopkinsville. Um, and so we did Cincinnati. Let me see. Mr. Exit. Okay. So these are the places that we went to in Cincinnati. First, we went to Jack Brown's and had the absolute, the absolute best burgers. So good. I loved mine. Boyfriend, I think, ordered two, maybe three. I don't know. Um, I was initially a little like, how good are these burgers going to be? Because I think they were on like potato bread. I don't mind potato bread at home. But if I get a burger out, I want a brioche bun. We also often do brioche buns here. But breakfast burgers are my favorite. Give me a good egg on that bitch and I'm happiest. Got that. Um, I ended up. I'm a spoiler, not spoiler, but tip about me. I love mixing craft beers. Hadn't done it in a while. So I love asking for a sample when I go someplace so I can decide which one I want. And it turns out I like them both. One was, I'm an IPA girl. So I want to say one was Columbus IPA or something like that. And the other one was something with like passion fruit and guava or pineapple and guava. I don't know, but it was a sour. So I was here for the fruitiness, but then the sour kind of, mm. but anyway, told the young lady, you know what? Haven't done this in a while. Let's mix it. If three is full, give me two parts IPA, one part uh, sour. She was a sweetheart. Uh, the first mix wasn't great. I mean, wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So I drunk a little bit down, the foam dissipated and she was like, I'll add a little more. So she took the beer back. She poured more of the IPA for the gods. So she was like, you know what? Actually, I want to try that myself. So she mixed around. She was like, thank you for putting me on. This is actually really, really good. And I'm just like, girl, telling you, I know what I'm doing. You know what? Call the traveling shit. And she was just like, yeah. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm saying like that mix, like that you got there, call the traveling shit. It's the name of my podcast. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's never going to fucking remember. She wasn't even like, I don't even think really fully paying attention to what I was saying to her or she just wanted to say thanks for the idea and was just like I'm gonna name it my own thing but know that if you go to Jack Brown's and you do the guava and the Columbus IPA mix two and two parts to one part you're welcome that was me but uh burger was good service was cool beers were good we had a really nice time um, oh, also Jackalope is a really fun beer that we discovered in Tennessee as well. I can't remember what the name of the one I had, but IPAs basically all kind of taste the same to me. It's just a matter of if I like it or if I love it. Um, so Jack Brown's was fun. We ended up actually going back the next day to eat. Um, then we ended up going to Longfeller, Longfellow. That was another uh, bar, had a drink there. That was nice. And we finished out the night at Sundry and Vice. Sundry and Vice was also really cute, had a drink there. Um, So Cincinnati was fun. 
It wasn't lively, wasn't bustling, but there were people inside. It was actually pretty fucking cold. It was about 45, 50 degrees. It was colder in every state that we went to than it was in New York. I always expect New York to always be the coldest. I'm thinking since we're going south, we at least get a 10 degree, 20 degree difference. No, it went the opposite way. It was about 10, 15 degrees colder everywhere else as opposed to what it was in New York. But coats, hoodies, good time. So we finished that long uh, sundry in Vice. We had a drink there, good time. Nice walk, not too much going on outside. Um, went back, woke up to a call the next morning from the guy Goodyear saying, hey, so actually I don't have a slot for you available tomorrow. Um, can't help you. So it was kind of like one of those, uh, now what? Don't know what to fucking do. So asked for a recommendation. He gave us another number. Call that number. He can't help us. Um, but he had another recommendation. And so we were going to a AAA in um, Kentucky. So we were right on the Ohio-Kentucky border. It literally took us seven minutes to get there. The river, I don't know what river it is, but that's the border. We went to um, the AAA spot, which thankfully I am a AAA member. Um, ended up securing that before the road trip because I figured, what's the worst that can happen? But I'd like to be covered. So we get to the AAA spot for them to do the little diagnostic, you know, he was able to help us right away. And so we go looking for an IHOP to get something to eat, really just coffee. We ended up finding a Panera bread that we walked to in one of those like forced shopping areas that down South has starting to get the appeal of it. Um, we walked over, had some coffee, came back for a hundred dollars worth of good news. A thankfully with the, um, whatever, uh, discount uh AAA members get yeah or I guess they just felt bad for me only ran me like $90 less than $100 something like that for him to say your engine is shot your engine is fucking dead um and no we likely would not get to um New York on that it was not advised and when he quoted us how much a uh, engine would be um we got a about $6,000 give or take. I didn't even spend $6,000 on, I spent $4,000 on my car. There's no way I'm putting $6,000 of work into it. That being said, um, don't know what's going to happen with my car yet. It's still in Cincinnati actually, because, um, we spent the day trying to weigh our different options. Um, initially I was considering renting a U-Haul with a tow dolly, to drive it back to New York. However, there were absolutely no U-Haul rentals. Um, there, I made a reservation for the Dolly because then I figured, all right, well, I'll just rent a, a pickup truck. We'll rent a pickup, rent a Dolly from U-Haul, have them put that on, um, you know, then drive the car, secure that on there, drive it home. There were no rentals available for one way transport. Um, there I called, well, I don't remember what it was, but between, first of all, I refused to rent with Hertz. I was this close to doing it, but Hertz has been having a host of issues in terms of rentals. I'm looking to probably produce an episode about that. Um, especially since we're on the road, I've done a couple of road trips and I've consistently seen, um, and you know, information is information. So I'd like to get that guys. Um, but I'll get back to you on that part. 
But um, yeah, being that I heard what I heard about Hertz, wasn't going to run from them, was not going to add that uh, to the compound of issues that I was already experiencing. Uh, Dollar and Thrifty, the lady that I spoke to, she was just like, there are no rentals. Also noted, don't make the mistake of booking with a third. Because I was like, well, I'm on Expedia and Expedia is saying that there are plenty of rentals, plenty of options. Uh, Even if we were to just rent, you know, another smaller vehicle and drive ourselves home. She's just like, yeah, see, that's what happens when people rent from third parties, get to the counters and then complain and have issue when they're told that there are no rentals. So she basically said, fuck around and find out. There are none. So, okay, can't rent a car. Turns out best friend came through because especially when I called her, she was like, oh, so what What are we doing? Like, what? what's going on? What's the plan? And uh, she was gracious enough to offer her car. She's just like, well, the babysitter, Missy, has an extra car. So I'll drive to you guys. Y'all could, you know, get me back. Because what we were initially in my mind thinking, well, if she's able to, you know, watch Lucy for the weekend, you could drive with us to New York. I'll fly you back to um, New York and then like, we'll get you your car back um, at a later time or we had a couple of different variations of that plan. A couple of hours later, it turns out that wasn't viable because Missy was not able to watch Lucy and she also um, did, her second car was out of commission. So Del would not have had a car and in Kentucky, that's not really an option. Um, and they also had a doctor's appointment that she had to get Missy to on Monday that wasn't a ruse for a surprise that she actually needed, you know, to complete that. So unfortunately, um, using Bestie's car wasn't going to work. And that's what I had scheduled the Dolly for. We were going to connect it because she has a SUV. So we were going to connect it to that and try to drive the car back to New York and then just drive her car back to her once we got my car to New York. And then we were going to fly ourselves back to New York. Mind you now, this is a couple hours into the day that we spent on the phone um, pricing different options, boyfriend priced a car transport from a couple different places, but everybody that he spoke to, you know, I'm totally not, um, above outsourcing your employees, but everybody that were speak that he was speaking to was having a very difficult time communicating what the processes were in terms of communicating just like English back and forth. And especially if we were going to fly and leave the car uh, it made sense that he didn't trust that someone that was having difficulty just explaining the information that they're supposed to be very um, comfortable ver- uh, verbalizing. How are we going to ensure that this person is able to communicate which car is ours, where the keys are, and you know all these different things? It just didn't. If it don't, if it don't make, if it don't feel right, it's not right. A lot of times, so he was just like, "Nah, this is this is not looking good. It's not." Um, a viable option to just transport the car without us being there because it was um that was like he got a couple different quotes one person said like 750 another person said like 550 another person said 400 flat so a couple different numbers none of the phone calls resulted in anything that um he felt comfortable letting happen so we ended up just going to a restaurant because we ended up having to check out mind you we ended up getting checkout 
extended to 12 because they had forgotten to leave a parking pass because parking is supposed to be included with the reservation. So they left the they left out the parking pass. Somebody had to drop that. But in me asking about the parking pass, I was also like, well, I know we're going to have to get the car and, you know, checked out the next day. And at that initial point in having that conversation the night before, before I found out how bad the car was doing, um, they offered, uh, they comped a checkout at noon as opposed to 11. So at that point we were supposed to get the car back at 1230 from Goodyear. So I'm like, all right, so that gives us 30 minutes to kill. We'll work out the luggage thing where I won't leave it all in the car, but I'll leave some of it in the car. We'll deal with that in the morning, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly what we did. But we ended up having to get back from the AAA spot before noon on not knowing whether or not the car was going to die on that drive or not. We made it back safely. Ended up deciding to, because then again, if we're leaving the car behind, I've got to leave it in the space that's okay to park for multiple days. So that means I can't leave it on the street because it's all metered parking. We're in downtown Cincinnati. There were no, you know, uh, residential streets that didn't have alternate side parking. I was also concerned with leaving it on somebody's residential ass block for a number of days because one, I have out of state plates. I don't want somebody calling on day two or cause I didn't know how long, I don't, I still don't know how long it's going to be down there. Um, I didn't know whether or not, you know, somebody was going to call and have my car fucking towed. I don't know if there's like a, you know, no parking on it was a lot. So I ended up leaving it parked in the lot. I still don't necessarily know how much that's going to result in, but at this point I know my car is secure. At least I'm hoping that it is because lot or not, like your shit could still get rocked, but it ain't going to get towed. Cause at some point it's, you know, we'll get back there and get it out. All that being said, we had to get back after the car inspection to do the checkout, did the checkout on time. That was cool. We ended up going to a restaurant up the block to use the bathroom. We ended up getting a beer and the waitress and the hostess were so sweet. And I remember when I came in, the young lady was very intuitive. I was just like, we just want to use the bathroom and then we'll just sit at the bar, probably grab, grab a beer. And at some point she was just like, is everything okay? And I was just like, girl, actually it's not. Thank you so much for asking. It's been a fucking day. And so, um, basically told him, yeah, our, my engine died. We drove in from New York. Don't know how we're getting home. We just need to sit down and figure some things out. So the young ladies were real, you know, uh, sweet. And, uh, so we had our beers and we decided we're going to fly back cause we have points. Boyfriend has Delta points. I have JetBlue points between the two of us. We should have been able to find a way to get to the airport. So what we did was we left the bar that we were sitting at and we decided to go back to, uh, what was the place? Uh, Jack Brown's and get burgers again, because it was also much cheaper than the spot that we were at. So we went to Jack Brown's, um, ordered some food, and then realized that the first flight, we're running out of time. The JetBlue flight was at like six something. So it's about three, almost maybe four o'clock. And so we're trying to eat the food quick. And we're basically at this point where it's just like, all right, well, let's just call and see if we can book the, um, because I was using uh, flight credits, like travel credits that were actual, it was actual money and not like miles. Um, because it was a refund from a COVID trip. I had actually purchased the refund from my uncle. Uh, so I remember when I booked a flight, I think it was our flight to Puerto Rico. I ended up having to call to have them 
figure out transferring the credits and being able to book the tickets in my name. JetBlue, do better. It's one thing if you say that these credits can be used to book flights for somebody else, but then when you try to book under that account, it doesn't let you change the first traveler, if that makes sense. So the credits were under the initial purchaser, which was on my grandmother's name. It, yeah, fucking headache. And mind you, this is all in the stress of, I've now got a finite window of time to try to buy these tickets beforehand. So I'm stressed about that. We're just like, at this point, let's just go to the fucking airport. So we finish up, we leave, we uh, end up having now to consolidate road trip luggage into airline luggage because I'm a throw it in the bag kind of girl when it comes to a road trip. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I, I quite overpacked. So I had my carry on. I had a huge, um, that travel shit bag. I'm sure y'all have seen me with at this point, but I had a really big, um, like shoulder bag, like tote bag with a zipper that had a shit ton of other stuff. Boyfriend only had a duffel bag in his backpack He's always a light traveler, but now it's like what needs to be left behind so that we can travel without having to check luggage. Went through all of that, had to try to leave stuff in the car without leaving valuable stuff out, what can go in the trunk and all this while we're trying to rush to the airport in order to actually try to book this flight with uh, points. So we get to CVG, Cincinnati, um, Kentucky airport, and I'm thinking, let's just go to the JetBlue counter and see if they can work on getting the credits from one account and booking the flights in our names. There's no JetBlue counter. So we get there and it turns out it was a American flight that was, you know, just advertised on JetBlue. Young, the woman was very kind. It was just like, unfortunately, she can't help because it's JetBlue credits, not American, even though I could have booked the flight on JetBlue. Turns out I was stressed, doubt I would have been able to use those credits because it was not a direct JetBlue flight, blah, 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 blah. We end up going to Delta. He can't find the fucking email to get the credits. And so now I'm pissed like all of this time that we were trying to figure things out. I'm digging through my emails and looking through my credits. You didn't fit, you, you didn't already locate the credits for Delta. So now I'm like quietly seething inside because again, window to buy the flight. Thankfully, the Delta flight was leaving like an hour later than the JetBlue flight was. So we had more time, but now it's kind of, we can't use all, it turns out he had way less in credits left over than we initially anticipated. So now we end up paying for a flight that I did not anticipate paying for. So I ended up booking the tickets for us to come back home. I still have to pay for the rental because my dad so graciously said, just leave the car, put it someplace safe. I'll drive down and bring it back up. He'll put it on. My dad knows how to do the dolly stuff and my dad's the car guy. So my dad is going to make sure that, you know, that comes through and makes sense. So now I still have to, of course, pay for the rental for he and boyfriend to come down and pick up the car, um, all the tolls, all the extra gas. So this is actually, and it, mind you, we had made out with, when I tell you this was the most economical and least expensive road trip we'd ever been on. When I tell you we did so well, keeping costs low, I think now 
everything that I'm having to, you know, work out in terms of paying for the flights. I now have to do the rental. I don't even know if I need a new car or not. I'm hoping that, um, my godfather, God bless him, who owns a uh, shop in New York, high grade auto, Sutphin, 9514 Sutphin Boulevard. If you need your uh, car repaired, mechanic, not auto body. Um, I'm really hoping that he's able to come through with an engine that I can afford. Something that's, you know, less than two grand because I don't fucking have it. I do not have it. Um, but I also don't have new car money. So I'm hoping that I can repair my car. Um, I'm hoping that we can find an engine that will go in my car. And, um, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. I'm just glad that we made it home safely. Like I said, at the top of the episode, it could have been an accident that rendered my car, you know, undrivable as opposed to, you know, an old car crapping out. I don't know if it was oil. I don't know if it was gas. I don't know if it was, now mind you, there's also been a shit ton of, um, recalls from Hyundai. Uh, one of the guys that worked at the AAA had the same issue with his car. His car kept burning oil crazy or something strange like that. And he was just like, when he tried to go have them replace the engine, they were asking for like, all of the mechanical receipts and diagnostic paperwork from the the car's repairs over the history of him owning the car. It's like they're making people go through the most obscene fucking hoops. One of the guys was just like, honestly, if you had actually burned out the engine, they might've been able to you know, do the recall, but then it depends on where you bring it. Some places will say, oh, it's done. We can't fix it. We know it's got a, you know, there's a full, so many steps that I'm uninterested in figuring out at this point. That being said, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm hoping that it is an option that I can fiscally get myself out of, um, because a new car ain't it right now. So I, um, at this point, I'm just looking to um, better days. And I'm just waiting to uh, talk with my dad as opposed to what day um, we're going to end up having to go pick up the rental um, because I have to be present for that because I'm the one paying for it because it's my car. Um, you know, so we have to work out all of that. It's best of the worst scenario, right? I'm just glad there was no accident. I'm glad, you know, no one is hurt. We made it home safely. The flights to get home yesterday really weren't astronomical. You know, it wasn't bad. I only paid like, away from pay for his flight. I paid, um, with, he was only able to use his credits with, for his name. So he was using it for his at, uh, portion of the ticket. And then he, you know, paid cash for the rest. I think my flight was maybe 250 that's, it's not the end of the world. Right. But it's also two fifty. I didn't want to fucking spend on top of having to now pay like another $300 for a rental, a one day rental, which I'm hoping they're able to get there and come back in one day. I don't know guys. So yeah. Um, a lot. I'll report back when there's more to fucking report back. But at this point, I'm happy to be home safely. I miss my fucking dog. But um, we had to be home for, um, you know, 
my boyfriend's dad's birthday. We absolutely didn't want to miss that because we both are in consensus and agreement that, you know, our families are very important to us. And we definitely wanted to be there with his family to celebrate his dad. And we, we made it safely. Won't say without incident, but I will definitely say, um, happily, I'm happy to be home. Shout out to my mom for dog watching and being able to hold my baby an extra day for me because I don't have a car now. So shout out to Graham, who's letting me borrow her car. Um, until we work this all out, we got to figure out, you know, getting back out there. And that's going to be another little road trip that nobody anticipated taking. But here we are once again, safe. And like I say, every week travel is so much more than vacation. Travel is figuring shit out on the fly. Travel is figuring out your different options. Travel is spending more money than you want to. Travel is being happy that some things actually cost a lot less than you would have expected them to. Um, But I will say that our road trip was nonetheless a really great time. My boyfriend and I gel very well in terms of just getting the fuck along. And we are pretty good at fucking communicating at this point to the point where Um, we talk shit out and we know how to talk to each other. We also know when to fuck to shut up. We know when it's just like, sometimes I just don't want to talk right now. I need to just calm the fuck down and cool off so that we don't speak from a place of anger. Um, so I will say if you are traveling with someone, uh, relationship tip, know when to shut up. Uh, we have both begun to learn when sometimes it's best to just wait until you cool off. He does a really, really great job of sensing when I am really at my peak in terms of emotions. And I don't care how angry we are at each other. He always comes through in a clutch and he always knows how to comfort me when I'm just like at my, even if it's with him. And even when he's upset with me, he's really great at just, you know, we're both, I'd say pretty decent at putting our frustrations with each other aside to kind of make sure that the other is okay. So that has also been a really new, uh, not really new, but cause it's been about, it's been a year now at this point, cause we've been traveling the length of our relationship, which has been awesome, but that has been, um, a travel adaption or adapter adaptation, I guess that I've had to, um, learn Um, it's one thing to learn your partner and, you know, figure out how to best navigate your relationship. It's another thing to now navigate that relationship in new environments and settings as travelers. And I think that it is absolutely made for, um, a stronger relationship for us, uh, because we're learning each other in a lot of different situations. So in terms of traveling with a partner, for me, shit. 47 out of 10, highly recommend because I have a bomb ass fucking partner, toot toot. Um, But it turned out to be so much more than just visiting friends and, you know, going to new places. Like I'd never been to Ohio before. So Cincinnati was a good ass fucking time until it wasn't, right? Um, Really enjoyed Cincinnati. The little bars, we did the little bar hopping. Good time. Glad we got out and experienced the area. Um, I enjoyed myself. I'd never been to Ohio before. Um, I'd been to Hopkinsville before. I'd been to Nashville before, but I did kid-friendly Nashville with the bestie before. So it was nice to actually, you know, hit a bar, get some drinks with boyfriend. We were tired by then. So we didn't really hop around and go anyplace else. 
Um, but we enjoyed that. I'd been to uh, North Carolina before, but I'd never been to Winston-Salem. So it was nice to see their little area, hit the bar out there. Had a really good time. Had a good time. And this uh, vein of travel, if you will, was all about friends. Um, it was about the extended family that you, you know, call in and dictate for your own. We made the trip. It was about the people and uh, the the ones that I love in my life. Um, just the way the trip before that, Dallas was boyfriend's friends and people that he really cares about and loves. And we both had an incredible time um, spending time with each other's um, significant friends and shit. So overall, bomb ass trip. Can't wait to go back to Cincinnati, except for I'm hopefully not gonna sit through this next leg of the Cincinnati trip. I think I'm gonna send the boys out for that one. Don't know if I'm gonna um, make that trip one way or the other, but again, I'll report back when that happens. I'll let you know how the car is doing, but overall travel is so much more than vacation. This one was a learning and figuring out a lot of shit along the way kind of trip towards the end of it. But again, we're safe, learned a lot, and I actually did have a lot of fun. So stay tuned for the, you know, car saga, if you will, and hear about the little engine that couldn't. (laughs) But uh, appreciate y'all for being here. I absolutely updated the website I added more recent um, episodes to that. I realized I am dropping the ball a bit with that. Um, I cleaned up the travel resources tab. Um, There is an easy downloadable um, travel packing essentials uh, that is there for you to peruse. It's free. Sign up for the mailing list and get that download. It's very easily located at the travel resources tab on travelandshippodcast.com. Um, and that's basically it guys. I, um, hope to have a nice, happy update on the car. All right, y'all that's it for this week. And I'll see you guys, um, again this week, because I'm absolutely coming through with another episode. This is late, but next week's episode will absolutely be on time. All right, y'all. Bye.